Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Inches Podcast, a podcast that looks at sports sponsorship, event sponsorship, and how digital is affecting the industry. I'm your co-host, Nick Lawson, co-founder of a company called Squad. We're helping sports teams and events connect fans to sponsors digitally through digital activations. As always with me here, Rich Franklin, Senior Director of Corporate Partnerships for the Oakview Group, AquaSure Arena, and the AHL Coachella Valley Firebirds. Um, Rich, timely sort of... um, chat here with the nhl draft that just happened last night and you know huge not only for nhl teams but a lot for junior hockey teams but today on the inches we're definitely going to dive into um those off-season events and really probably just around how to get sponsors excited for that how to look at it as inventory um and ultimately how to sell it on that end and i think one thing is is if you're not looking at those events as things that sponsors are really interested in, uh, you should be. Um, but today's episode, we're really going to dive into, again, those off-season events, uh, your drafts, your schedule releases, all of that, and just really, really how to dive in with partners on that end. So, um, Rich, I'll kind of just start it off with a question right back to you of just the overall, you know, within the last 10, 15 years, how have you sort of seen off-season events kind of evolving as being part of kind of what sponsors are interested uh, being involved in? Well, the, the thing that's happened in the last 10 or 15 years, and I think it's really been accelerated now, is, is a couple of things. Number one, um, teams have come to understand that the fandom is 12 months a year, not just whatever time period their, their, um, their season may take place. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is, as more and more teams take control of their own uh, uh, distribution channels for their content, you know, it used to be that if you were the local basketball team, I'm sitting here in my office right now looking at uh, two of my all-time favorite uh, Seattle Supersonics players because I grew up in Seattle. I've got a poster of Dennis Johnson and Gus Williams on my wall here. Nice. That, that I had back in the day. Well, back in the day, if if Dennis Johnson, Gus Williams, and the Seattle Sonics wanted to push information out to their fans, and it was something that could be sponsored, I mean, really, what were your options? Well, all right, maybe you had a once-a-week uh, radio show. Uh, you know, you certainly didn't have a whole lot going on your five local TV channels. Uh, one of which is PBS and only showing Sesame Street and Electric Company, so they don't really count. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what has happened is that as, as teams and sports and leagues have taken more direct control over their content distribution, they've eliminated the media middleman, and they can now go direct through streaming, through email, through uh, uh, you know podcasts, all these different things. I hear podcasts are a thing, Nick. Are, are we? We're we're slowly uh, but surely gaining ground on Joe Rogan, so we'll be there any day now. Yeah. But and then the other thing is that I think that that teams um, and and some of the media have figured this out as well. But particularly teams, you know, they kind of came to the realization, you know, we're really in the event business 
we're in the entertainment business and this sport happens to be our product, but we've got a lot of talent here uh, in the front office. We've got a lot of resources and such. Why would we want to just constrain ourselves to only the, you know, five or six or seven or eight months or whatever it is of our quote unquote season? Uh, there's still things that we can do out in the community. Uh, we can put on clinics, we can put on events, we can hold draft parties, we can do uh, schedule releases, all these different things. And sponsors, understanding that fans are still fans, whether it's hockey in the middle of July or baseball in the middle of winter, uh, fans are still fans. So let's continue to engage with them, let's continue to activate with them, and let's continue to bring value to our corporate partners which, of course, means we can continue to charge those corporate partners. Okay. So I think those, to me, are kind of the, the key factors that, that I would point out is, you know, number one, uh, more, more and more teams taking direct control for their um, content distribution, uh, and number two, understanding that we are in the event business, uh, not just the basketball business, uh, and maybe it is basketball, but, I mean, we can put on an event 12 months a year, not just in season. Yeah. And I think, you know, as I got to imagine the first step of this for a team, even before you start to think about, Hey, is my draft sponsorable is really diving into kind of what you just said, which was social media or just media distribution channels. I mean, teams today can literally give or take what rights they have, create a YouTube channel and live stream content. 24 7 365 right um and be able to reach their fan base so uh, i guess first question is i gotta imagine that you can't just say hey other teams are selling sponsorships around the draft we should probably sell it around the draft without actually putting some love into those channels and getting some reach to be able to prove that if a brand does spend dollars on your schedule release or how you cover the nhl draft um, that it's actually going to be worthwhile with the number of fans you reach, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think you're necessarily selling it as a standalone. I think it's part of your 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 team bundle for the year, if you will. Um, but I, I do think that you can demonstrate, and um, I'll, I'll give an example. I was on a call with a with a corporate partner uh, earlier today, and this corporate partner. Uh, sponsors many different sports in many different leagues. And one of the things that they have found, for instance, is that there's a lot of value surrounding the schedule. Uh, that particular aspect of the, uh, of the team, and it can be from the release of the schedule to downloadable printable schedules to the online schedule, but the fact that they are uh, connected to arguably probably the first or second most researched, most viewed uh, uh, element for that, for that team, uh, number one, or for any given team, uh, and the fact that they can continue to use things like a schedule release, a uh, schedule update, whatever, to continue to build their brand, engage with fans, it demonstrates that it's got very, you know, tangible value. So, uh, I would say it's a, it's a great example of how you can take, and, and I should point out, by the way, that this particular partner, 
the more time we spent on this discussion, the more and more of the discussion came to center on things outside of game night. <laughs> and I, I just think that, um, again, it's not only a trend that we're seeing, but it's something that any size team, uh, whether you're the NFL or some, you know, tier two hockey team someplace, if you've got a, a, a solid fan base and you've got the, uh, the ways and the means and the methods to deliver content with sponsor involvement to that fan base, uh, you know, whether it's your schedule release or any of a number of things that we'll talk about here in a minute, um, it's, it's valuable inventory and uh, you ought to be uh, uh, looking at ways to maximize revenue opportunities. Yeah, and before we kind of dive into those particular ones, um, what you just brought up, though, I think is really intriguing that sometimes we don't um, fully think through maybe in sponsorship, and that's partner fit. How important is it to, as you just mentioned, this corporate partner really wants to be connected with the schedule release just because I assume it really fits with the messaging and what their goals are. How important is it to make sure that you're not just saying, hey, we're selling the draft, but you're also trying to find a reason why they should actually be sponsoring the draft because maybe it really fits with kind of their their goals or their messaging. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think sponsor fit, as, as always, is really key. Um, it could be a number of different factors that, that, that come into play in a situation like that. It could be the seasonality of your sponsor's business. Um, you know, is, is their busy time uh, your team's off-season? You know, in which case, you know, absolutely, they still have a need and a desire to continue to market. Um, is there some real natural um, uh, fit? For example, I mentioned schedule. Are you working with a sponsor? that they also have a schedule. I mean, is it like a, uh, is it an airline? Is it a movie theater? Is it, you know, something along the lines where you need to check and see what time something is taking place where it's, it's just a very natural, uh, place for them to be. Uh, another one that I always like to refer to is anytime you're dealing with cars and automotive, what does every car uh, uh, or truck or, or motorcycle or whatever, what do they all have? They have some sort of a key. So, you know, is there a way that you can very naturally take that and say it's the, you know, Toyota keys to the game or key play of the year or uh, key draft player, you know, something along those lines where now we're kind of getting into a little bit of, you know, the semantics of the, um, uh, of the of the deal and and making sure that it's a I don't want to say clever but I mean there's, that there's a good fit there that's very natural but you know yeah client fit is is again very very important and there's ways that you can do it in a very natural very seamless way to to make it um, appropriate for your both your sponsor and your fan. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's obviously the key ones like the draft, I think, you know, schedule releases are getting so big right now, but um, I, I got to imagine that it's not just those two pieces. You as a team should probably be looking at, you know, any type of off season or, you know, event or whatever that may be transaction that grabs their attention. Um, 
what are some of the other ones that maybe people haven't been thinking about um, as far as kind of those off-season um, events that you can really dive in to and, and well, sell to sponsors? Yeah, so let's let's take a look at where we are right now. We are in mid-July, uh, and let's take a look at the teams that are not playing. Uh, it's basically hockey and basketball, right? Is there anybody I'm missing? No, uh, I mean, out of the or soccer's playing. Uh, oh, football. Yeah, yeah, NFL and college football would be the other two, uh, the other main two. I, I that's right. I've heard of that thing. The NFL <laughs> is that what they are? Yeah, I've heard of that. Okay, so so three sports really. You're kind of in your off season in the sense that there's not actual games being played. Okay, so it's mid July. Uh, are the kids looking for something to do in mid-July, uh, school-age kids, other than, you know, sit at home and play video games? Yeah. Are the parents looking for something for their kids to do? Hey, here's an idea. If you're a football, hockey, or basketball team, why aren't you running a, a youth clinic? Or maybe you already are. But uh, where you can have a coach or a player uh, or your promo squad or uh, the accounting department or whoever uh, is available to go do it. And you say, look, uh, once a week uh, from, from uh, when school gets out, the school gets back in, we're going to go do a, a, a clinic someplace. And, you know, maybe the themes of those clinics change a little bit where, uh, again, let's just take basketball. We're going we're gonna to take uh, our, one of our coaches and he's going to talk about uh, shooting technique, or he's going to talk about uh, another time more of a defensive thing about, you know, how do you do that? And then, you know, you got to make it fun. So maybe you just sort of organize some scrimmages or you, you do a little, uh, you know, shoot, uh, shoot free throws against the coach kind of a contest, something like that. But there's a great way that you can engage with, in this case, not only the, the, the kids that are in your fan base, but certainly their parents are going to uh, appreciate that, hey, uh, I'm tired. It's mid-July. I'm tired of trying to find things to do with the kids all summer long. Uh, here's a good opportunity to get them outside, get a little exercise. I don't have to plan it. I don't have to do anything other than show up, drop them off, pick them up, and, and they have a good time. So, And be sure that all those kids, of course, go home with a – uh, flyer for season tickets, uh, and maybe a schedule if you've got your schedule out. So, you know, things like that, um, you, you know, if, if you're in those winter sports and it's summertime, do a clinic. Um, maybe you do a, for fun, you do a hockey in July, uh, deal where, uh, you replay, you go to a sports bar and you replay one of your best games from the past year and your head coach, is there on site and talking with fans about what was going on and, and doing almost like a little chalk talk thing here about, you know, a real key moment in the game or the turning point of the, of the game or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something like that. Uh, a lot of teams will do uh, youth gear swaps. You're getting to the point where, where youth football is uh, uh, going to restart here in a little bit. And a lot of times, and this is particularly the case in hockey, uh, you know, kids, parents of kids who have outgrown their, their skates and those skates aren't cheap. Uh, you know, maybe you, you organize a, a, a swap meet or a garage sale kind of thing uh, under your auspices so that all the kids can come and, and, 
and uh, get new equipment and get signed up for the for the coming season. So, you know, I think I think things along those lines where you're trying to uh, look at where the need is, look at what the opportunity is, uh, and and frankly, you can do a lot of this at a little bit more of a grassroots level. Maybe during the summertime, it's not sending out you know yet another piece of spiffy, engaging content via social platforms or yet another email. But you know, you're getting together with your fan base. Uh, you're out there in in hopefully the sunshine, unless you're up in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, where, where summer is, is getting close. I hope so. But, um, you know, just, just think of some creative ways. Think outside the box. Think about what would I like to be outside doing right now? Do I want to be sitting here in this office or do I want to be, you know, down at a park or I want to be, uh, uh, doing something like that. And again, your sponsors, that's exactly where they want to be too. They, they oftentimes will want, specifically, um, you know, in-person engagement opportunities where maybe they're on site as well with a little pop-up tent and they're handing out information or there's some co-branded merchandise or, or something along those lines. So I think the key here is think about not only in-season, but take a look at your off-season and look at what's going on around you during the off-season. Um, you know, and it could be goofy things like I've seen uh, – a lot of baseball stadiums will will do uh, like a, a light show kind of a thing for the holidays where you come in, you do kind of a, a winter wonderland kind of deal, and you can have a sponsor tied to that. Um, you know, certainly you're not going to be playing baseball in December, but, uh, you know, maybe your, your fans want to come through and do a walk around on the concourse, and there's some, you know, decorated trees, and there's... Uh, uh, lights out on the field and and have some cocoa and stuff like that so but i think the key here is just you know think think about not just in season think about out of season find a natural fit for your partners um, think about ways particularly at a community level that you can can go out there build a little community goodwill um, engage with some fans and and deliver on a on a sponsorship asset too yeah. And as we kind of run this out, I'm curious to hear your answer on this is, I mean, obviously from a partnership sales perspective, I don't think we can ever have too much inventory. Um, but you know, what is, what is too much for your off season? Is there a point, uh, in, in your opinion, Rich, to where you're stuffing way too much off season content, um, into that, um, into that off season to where it's almost oversaturating that time. Yeah. I mean, like anything you can overdo it. I, I think the one thing that, that we have to bear in mind is the off season is a time. Let me back up in season. You're spending a lot of hours and you are doing a lot of games. You were doing a lot of nights. You're doing a lot of weekends. So you do have to be cognizant of the fact that your staff does need some time to, to recharge, uh, you know, spend some quality time with their families, take that vacation. Um, I know hard to believe, but not everything revolves around your team and your season. So be cognizant of that. Um, but also say, look, you know, uh, you don't want to be doing this so many times that it kind of loses its, its appeal. And I'm just going to use like a, a, um, like a, a youth clinic kind of a thing. 
maybe every week is is a bit much, although it might depend on what size market you're in and uh, how big your staffing is. But you know, maybe it's every other week, or or maybe it's just once a month, and you make it a bigger event once one time a month. So I think that you don't want to dilute it like anything. You don't want to have so many things going on that 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 the effect is diluted. But I I just I feel that that and a lot of teams are doing it, but a lot of teams probably either aren't doing it or aren't doing it as well as they could. Is find a way to generate revenue and make that sponsor happy 52 weeks a year, not just in season. And, and if you do it right, uh, you're now able to, to upsell your existing partners, include some of these sort of non-traditional uh, event sponsorships uh, as part of your season-long uh, uh, menu of offerings. And I think what you'll find is that, yeah, partners are interested in engaging with your fan base uh, all year long. So find a way to deliver that. Yeah, and I, I guess really rounding this out, that was kind of going to be my last question here is, I assume based on diving into what we've dove into just for you is the appetite for additional inventory outside the season is, is pretty high, right, Rich? I mean, in conversations that you're having with partners, there is a high amount of interest, I assume, for, hey, we don't just want to be involved during the season. It's great that we are, but, you know, we would love to be involved in some of these other off-season pieces. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, remember, the majority of our partners are not seasonal. The majority of our partners are, are open and doing business and needing to attract customers 52 weeks a year. So unless you've got big partnerships with, like, Christmas tree lots, uh, and firework stands, uh, you know, most of your big partners, your traditional partners, uh, you know, your banks, your auto dealers, uh, your, your beverage companies, they're selling and needing to, uh, bring customers in or sell products to your fans, uh, 365, maybe, okay, we'll, we'll take Christmas off 364 days a year. Uh, so just keep that in mind is that you almost have to approach this <clears throat> as if you're a media company with programming, not a sports company that has a season, uh, having, having spent 20 plus years in the radio business, you know, I, I got conditioned to the fact that my product was going out to my audience. In this case, a rig radio signal with audio programming 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So it kind of gets you conditioned to thinking about having that all year long. You know, you put together the schedule, you say, okay, there's going to be certain promotions in certain key months, either because there's big community events going on or it's during a ratings period. And you want to, you know, uh, uh, be especially visible and active during those periods that's changed a little bit now because of the way that radio is, is measured these days. But, you know, like I say, think of, think of yourself as if you are a, a 24 seven, 365 channel. And what is my programming on this channel? 24 seven, 365. And as you said, at the outset, there's ways to do it. There's, there's ways to have content going out there, uh, literally every hour of every day of every year. But, Along the way, you want to have some special things going on, too. 
not just in season, but off season as well. And because your sponsors for the most part have a similar schedule, now you're kind of getting in tune with your fan engagement is, is aligned with their uh, consumer sales cycle all year long. Yeah. And I think, you know, biggest thing that I always kind of hear from brand partners on this as well is, um, I mean, every, almost every other advertising outlet that they utilize is 24-7-365 Facebook ads, you know, digital ads, billboard ads, whatever that may be. Um, so just, you know, adding adding that year-round coverage to reach your fans is really more in tune with the, to what they're used to and just opens up brand new uh, inventory and revenue uh, kind of for your team. But honestly, it's we I think we chatted about this way back when when we did the, um, the episode on you know, sponsorship today is 24, seven, 365, but this is probably one of the easier ways to double your, you know, double your inventory and revenue is if you're not really diving in with your partners, no matter how big your team is, uh, you know, small, you know, small minor league team all the way to major. If you're not diving into some of these opportunities, you're missing out on revenue and your partners are interested. So this Mm -hmm. is one of the easier ways to increase that revenue maybe hit some stretch goals is just really look at some of these things around in my off season. Can I make the draft a little bit more exciting or my schedule release a little bit more exciting because partners are really interested in that. Yep. Absolutely. Right. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks so much Rich, for diving into that with us. If anybody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Well, I'd love to hear about what some other uh, teams and leagues are doing as far as their off season uh, sponsor activation. So if you've got some thoughts or ideas, uh, love to hear about them. You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Rich Franklin, Senior Director of Corporate Partnerships for Oakview Group, Acrisure Arena, and the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Or if you'd like to shoot me an email, email address is rfranklin at oakviewgroup.com. And I'm Nick Lawson. You're probably seeing this on uh, LinkedIn, so definitely connect with me there. Uh, Nick Lawson, CEO at Squad. As Rich said, we'd love to hear, one, some examples uh, of off-season items that you've really launched and seen success with. But number two, as always, we'll do this call out. Send us your topics. Send us your questions. We'd love to dive into those as we dive into items within sponsorship on this podcast. So shoot us a message if you have any topics that you would like us to cover. Uh, But Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in this week. And remember, keep pushing those limits within sports sponsorship.